Hello and welcome to Cast for the week of January 1st, 2012. I'm Nick Jones. Along with me is El Clinto. Hello. And Brian Clark. Hi. The Prolific Cast is your source for all things happening inside the transmedia company Prolific, along with insight and discussions into the world of professional creativity, tech, entertainment, etc., etc. Boys, it's a new year. A new leaf has turned, yes. apparently. It's uh, about 70 degrees here in Oklahoma, though, so it doesn't yeah. feel much <laughs> like January. Yeah. Last year at this time, I think we were digging ourselves out of our houses. It's true. No kidding. With about three feet of snow on the ground. Well, at about this time last month, we were doing almost that. Yeah. We chose, <laughs> as you as you may know, if you've been following along, we chose one of the coldest days of the year to go shoot outside until four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we finished shooting that, it hit a warm snap and it hasn't dropped below 40 for the last month, I don't think. I know. It's been, we've had spring yeah. in December. I think it literally might have been the worst day of at least the second half of the year. I think so it has been. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen now, though. I mean, we're in January. It's 70. I, I guess, I don't know. I don't yeah, think anybody I, cares what the weather's doing in Oklahoma City around the world. But it's a little weird. We're concerned here. You know, it's yeah. the end of the world. Global warming and all that. So we made it to a, uh, we made it to a new year. First, let's, let's uh, step back a little bit. We've got to talk a little bit of Christmas. The team, the team has been apart for a few weeks. We had our big reunion breakfast this morning. Telling stories of the days of old. Brian was telling us about his Skyrim adventures. Uh, He's finally joined the ranks. Didn't help it. I mean, it wasn't my fault. I swore I was not going to get it until I finished this project. But then I unwrapped Skyrim at Christmas. And, mm. you know, That's awesome. I just owe it to the gifter to, you, uh, to play it. Do you feel like you're working two jobs now? I kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, when I'm in Skyrim, I'm going, man, I wonder, I need to get on the project. And when I'm working on the project, I'm like, man, I need to kill some dragons. I hope those people are okay. <laughs> Man, like, seriously, <laughs> it bleeds into real life, and it's very weird. You got to worry about what's happening in Skyrim. I mean, yeah. it's you can't just leave those people out there. That's what I. That's what I tell my wife all the time. I, mm-hmm. you know, I'd love to watch The Bachelor with you, but I'm just afraid of what might be happening in exactly. Skyrim right now. You know, what's Lydia up to right now? Yeah, what is she doing right now? Is she waiting for me? Should I go hang that's out with Lydia? Responsibility to the people. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just start a relationship like that. I have a house and everything. You can't just leave those people. <laughs> so, a solid Christmas. You guys, you guys stayed in Oklahoma. You did like yes. a tour around Oklahoma. I did. You were everywhere. Visited the families. Back out to Burns Flat. Burns Flat. A lot of stuff happening out there. Not really. Is it? No. Is it? When I hear of Burns Flat, yeah, I imagine something out of Red Dead Redemption. I imagine you can see for like forty miles. Yes, that is true. It, it has the third largest, longest. Um, uh, I was trying to say runway in the U.S. Yeah, weren't they going to do space travel or something out of there, yeah. or a space station landing thing? Yeah, space station the landing. Thi- the, uh, uh-huh. Remember in Star Trek, right. they build them on Earth and then they fly them up and out. Right, and that's basically the idea. Virgin Atlantic uh, just built one in New Mexico. We could have had that here. We could have had it here, and uh, something fell through along the way, and it was supposed to bring you know twenty five hundred uh, families and jobs and all this stuff to Southwest Oklahoma, and it didn't happen. It's just a bummer. It's, it's, it's like a mile from my, my parents' house. So I remember as a kid, I would sit on the roof and I would watch bombers, you know, come in and do touch and goes and all kinds of different planes and stuff. And, wow. And uh, it's just now it's just used for, you know. You, you never cease to just, like, amaze me with these things that you have. And you're <laughs> like, oh, you used to watch bombers as a kid. Like, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It was wow. cool, man. Like, there's always like, something new I didn't know about you. Yeah. There you go. And I am a little depressed because Nick was telling us that he went over the holidays and everybody that he met that listens to the 
Politicast was all they want to know about was Clint. Everyone's interested in Clint. Clint He's an enigma. (laughs) He's a mystery. Well, thanks for joining us for uh, Public Access Radio here in Burns Flat. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We got your FFA and the 4H. I think think the best thing I saw you, you posted something up over the break of like a, um, like a, Latch hook lassie or something like framed quilted lassie or yes. something. Because uh, I, yeah. I, I don't think it was quilted. Maybe cross stitched. That was the house of my my wife's grandmother, one of her grandmothers, and um, it's uh, an interesting house to say the least. Um, her grandmother remarried, and the guy that she remarried loves all of the stuff that you can find at like truck stops, like um, Native American art and. Um, uh, knitted lassie photos. Uh, cross, I don't even know what you call that. Cross stitched Willie Nelson yeah, jackets. Exactly. <laughs> cross stitched lassie was, yeah, framed, no less. Wow. But um, the house is full of these things, and uh, it's literally full. The guy has um, six glass cases full of those little c- cars that you can buy of like, you know, model cars from like Loves. <laughs> and, uh, That's hilarious. Yeah. Every time I see that, I'm like, who uh, that's, buys this? And he's now the guy. I have the answer. And, and and he gives them away for Christmas. I've got a couple of myself. Wow. Yeah. And so when I'm in that house, it's like I can't not take pictures of this stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> so that's why my Instagram has some. I was not in an antique store. I was at Heidi's, my wife's grandmother's. I gotta go back too because uh, last time we were together, last time you were all with us here, we talked. Uh, we were talking. We were talking path, and I said about how ridiculous it is at Pat that you got to put your own music on and no one would ever put Kenny Rogers on. And you did it like that day. <laughs> that was awesome. The podcast hit, and within an hour, Brian puts up on Pat listening I, to Kenny Rogers. I, I LOL'd when, he, when I saw that. I LOL'd a lot. That was I-R-O-T-F-L. That was good well, stuff. The funny thing is, it was already on my... Uh, I have, I've, I've created a playlist for while I'm working on the Western of just stuff that sounds Western-y. And one of the things I threw on there kind of was, in the middle of it, was, uh, was The Gambler. So, mm. so I was like, I'm going to go play this, and now I can put it on. Are we so you work? didn't do that intentionally just to... Well, I, actually, I did do it okay, intentionally good. because I was like, I'm going to go listen to this right now, and then I'm going to put it on Path. Just, you know, for awesome. Because really, I have, what, five friends on Path, so... I don't know what's more embarrassing, that you've got Kenny Rogers on your Path, or the fact or that uh, one of my heaviest rotated songs of the last part of last year on RDO was Cher's A Cowboy's Work Is Never Done. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I've just gotten into that song lately. <laughs> That's a good well, song. I'm going to go with Cher on the embarrassing fact. I don't think Kenny Rogers is embarrassing. That's why. It's a good it. sounding song, though. It's it's all right. It's not Kenny like Kenny Rogers is a little embarrassing. It's I, it's no it's no way, dude. Kenny it's Rogers ironic. is awesome. Yeah. He's got right. that man. Compared to he does Cher, does have a good line of yeah, chicken. Definitely. <laughs> definitely compared to Cher, Kenny Rogers could kick Cher's butt. All right, on today's show, we're going to take a look back at last year, highlight a few things that we learned talking about um, some of the journey we went through in merging Gifted and Prolific. We're going to talk about um, failure, all kinds of stuff, new technology, and then we'll move on to So Hot Right Now, where we'll highlight a few of the things that, as we begin this new year, are just just too hot, too hot to even touch. So as we start a new year, it's always a good time to look back and uh, take a journey through some of the things that we learned. We started talking 
uh, this morning about when we look back at 2011, um, you know, kind of where the company's gone, some stories that we have, and we've been getting a lot of email over the last couple of weeks about how helpful the prolific cast is to professional creatives. Uh, and we wanted to spend a little bit of time when we start at the new year, just talking about some things that we've learned, possibly some things that we want to get better at. Um, around New Year's, you always hear uh, people talk about New Year's resolutions. Yeah. I don't know that these are, I don't know that these are resolutions as much as um, let's just let's just revisit a few things. Yeah. Um, and where my mind went immediately when we started talking about this topic is in, in 2011, I learned that uh, merging. Either, either merging companies or merging with other people is difficult. And we had uh, we had one of the most straightforward mergers slash uh, dissolutions or... Yeah. Is dissolutions a word? I believe it is. I'm going to use it. It's kind of like when I write contracts. Sometimes I just make up a word just to be like, wow. The dissolvination of the company. <laughs> exactly. The taxidermized. <laughs> nope. Nope. Just Chuck Testa. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, as we look at it, it, it was it was very straightforward. Um, we didn't have a whole lot of weird uh, legal issues to resolve. We didn't have a whole lot of weird technicalities um, that came into play. I didn't have any weird requests. Yes. Like, you know, a bowl of blue M&Ms. Mm -hmm. But we did that for you anyway. We did. I mean, that was nice. Cause, well, it's because prolific cares. Yeah. Uh, but even then, I think anytime you take something... Um, that is that close and as personal as a company that you've started that you have ownership in and all of a sudden prolific went from a company I mean we've experienced such rapid growth in in two years when Brian came on as a third creative principle that was big growth for us because all of a sudden there was video content that went through that I didn't necessarily do a whole lot with and now we're at a point in Prolific where there's a lot of things that go out the door that have the Prolific brand on them that I've never seen or touched. There's clients that we work with that I never interact with. And same with you. There's, yep. there's clients at Prolific that don't have any idea who Clint is and will never interact. And that's a difficult process. And that was a definite learning process for us. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I, I think that that process takes a lot of work, uh, almost like a almost like a marriage. <laughs> it takes a lot yeah, of work totally. to get those things working right. Totally. You, you have your ways of doing things. I have my ways of doing things. Um, I like to, you know, sit around in my pajamas. You don't. Clint works in briefs. Uh, you know, and I like to put my feet up on the I, table. You don't appreciate that. I believe that. you should be fully clothed when working on a website. Right. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, Sometimes I just like to walk around. It's not when you're alone. It's when you're over here with us. Yeah. 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 He's right. fully clothed by himself. It's a little weird. It's just, it's awkward. But I let you read the newspaper first. In fact, Clint, we're not even recording right now. This is an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> I think an important thing in that process, as I kind of look back about how we went through it and what kind of advice I would give to somebody going through that, is it's important to be really flexible and to be able to adapt well. Um, there's a lot of companies where there's a really high turnover rate. And, and people can look at a turnover rate and say, well, they must be horrible for their, to their employees. It must yeah. be a horrible place to work. And a lot of times it's not like that. A lot of times it's a great place to work, but it's a place where you have to be able to adapt. And so the people that can adapt stay there for the long run because the, corp, the whole corporate outlook and the corporate values are changing so, so much. 
And I think that what I've seen in the in the last year is I don't know how we could have gone through the stretch where we had to figure out, okay, so you're a principal over web. What does that look like? Prolific hasn't been doing web. So how do we now, how do we even handle this workflow? How do we handle this pipeline? Mm-hmm. How do we handle clients over here that have worked with us on film but are working with another company on web? Does that create any conflicts? And, and unless you have the ability to really adapt and say, okay, you know what? I've done, I've, I've run prolific this way for the last five years and I'm willing to throw all of that out and try something yeah. new for the next, uh, you know, however long, <clears throat> I don't think that that whole process can work. And, and I would say, even if it's, um, I mean, the reason we're talking about this isn't just to rehash prolific. It's, it's to maybe give some help and give some advice to the professional creatives out there that might go through something yeah. like this this year. Um, even if it's as small as I'm going to start a partnership with one other person and we're not talking companies coming together, we're talking a couple people coming together. If you don't go into that with a flexibility and your practices and your workflow aren't to some degree malleable, uh, I don't think it's going to work. Right. I don't think it'll work long term. It might not even work for six months. Yeah. Um, we had to go through that, Brian, when you came on board um, and you've actually been in creative environments for several different companies mm-hmm. and have had to adapt to all of them. Yeah, um, and that's, I mean, it's one of the things that, um, that's a good point you're making, it's one of the things I noticed about you and Prolific too is that, you know, that adaptability is is there and it's, it's so vital because I've been in places so many times where, um, you know, the worst reason you can give for something is to say, well, that's just the way we've always done it. And I've been in places yeah. where that's, that's the mindset where it's like, well, yeah. this is how we do it, this is how we've always done it, and that's why we do it is because we've always done it. Not because it's still the best way, not because it's going to help us now, but just because that's the way we do it. And I think it's good to be able to like look at any situation and go, okay, obviously we want to learn from our past, but you know, forget what we've done before. What is the best process for moving forward? And you know, right. do it that way. Yeah, and we, you know, we're we're blessed to have a, a small team, and we're all great friends, and the people that we work with are yeah. good friends of ours. <coughs> um, but we try to do our best with every project to assess how we're creating that project and readjust, which is, that's an interesting discussion we'll have to get on another time, but kind of the conscious effort to make Prolific more of a boutique creative company to where we can retool all the way down to the gear we're using and the people we put on a project to fit a certain project instead of some of the larger ad companies or design firms where they have a set system, you've got to plug this client into that system and make it work. Yeah. and, and so we've, we've created Prolific on a model that is a little bit squishy and we can change around to pick up. I mean, even when you came on yeah. doing web and print within like two weeks, we were out in LA shooting. Yeah. You're doing documentary work with us. Right. And, uh, you know, I think it has to be like that to yeah. some degree. Yeah. There's even other things that go into that, like how when I came along, I was all, you know, I'm a very base camp, camp driven person. You know, I dump all my client projects into Basecamp just to keep track of things and and um, how I, you know, I had learned from that from previously working alone uh, before I went to work for Triple X Church. I would just do everything in email and little to-do list and I was very unorganized and things would fall through the cracks and people would be, you know, you, and also just to kind of protect yourself on like what you said in a, in a message, what you didn't say. And so when we went to when I went to Triple X Church and working with the team, I really got into using Basecamp 
And you guys had used Basecamp, and I kind of I was really hardcore sold on it, yeah. and still use it. Yeah. And uh, and then bringing that here, and and kind of you know seeing how that works with us as a whole. And then we ended up using Facebook as our means to, to keep, you know, to work. I started thinking about that. We quit the show last week and you said you were going to quit Facebook. And then I thought, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. That's how we communicate. Yeah. Pro- prolific will fall apart if you I, leave Facebook again. I still have a Facebook. Okay. I still. And a lot of people worried about that. I know, man. I had some letters. I stressed about it all, all Christmas. Well, you just left me with the cliffhanger like that. It was like a well-timed season uh, finale. It was. You man. know, we hit the break. Will Clint? Actually, quit Facebook. Yeah. Join us again next year. It rocked the world. Didn't didn't Zuckerberg try to call you and say, <laughs> yeah. please, well, please reconsider? It really <laughs> did some damage to Facebook when you said that. Mm. They, I'm sure they felt pain. Hey, man, there's people. There's, uh, you know, I don't want to start anything. I think <laughs> we should just move on. With with adaptability, though, I think another big thing that we talked about this year is um, adaptability was very important, even with software, because this year saw several or last year saw several big companies kind of pull away from their dedicated base and we were left in the wake of that the first of them being apple when they released final cut x which that that happened before we started the prolific ad, so we didn't talk about it in great detail but uh they you know they basically there were thousands hundreds of thousands of professional creatives that were editing on Final Cut 7 and had been for years waiting for 64-bit architecture, basically for Final Cut to catch up to where everybody else was. And apparently the story's come out now that Final Cut went ahead and developed Final Cut 8, which is what everybody wanted, and then scrapped it to come out with Final Cut X Mm. or 10 or whatever you want to call it. I like calling it X. It just seems a little bit more brutal. But but moved away from their base. And all of a sudden now we were stuck with having a... uh, a piece of software that didn't do what we needed to do. It didn't interface with um, our outside contractors and outside houses the way that it should through XML. Uh, it didn't cut the way we needed to cut. It just it wasn't functional, and all of a sudden we had to completely retool our workflow over to a Premiere workflow um, and working everything through CS 5.5. After that, uh, we had Canon, who we loved Canon DSLRs, uh, come out with their new 300C or C300 or whatever it's called, yeah. which just wasn't very functional for what we wanted to do and wasn't in the price range. And so we've had to change the way we do that too. And I, I think that being able to adapt is so vitally important in this industry. And I think last year we really saw it uh, in a lot of different ways. I think that that concept runs through our entire industry because you know we get asked a lot, do I need to go to college to do what you guys are doing? You know, do I need to get a degree? And I, I always, I try to push people to college because I, what college did for me was not really teach me the technical skills. It taught me history. It taught me psychology, philosophy, theology. It taught me those things. But in college, they didn't teach any of us how, like you didn't learn how to use Cinema 4D. Right. I didn't learn how to use mm-hmm. the cameras. DSLRs weren't even out doing what right. they do now. <clears throat> Software wasn't where it is. You have to be able to learn new things every single year or you just get left behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we talk about it all the time and it's, it's so much more about being able to problem solve and being able to use the tools you have. Um, if all you have is, you know, Microsoft Paint, <laughs> mm. then, you know, if you've got to make something out of that, you know, but maybe that's a little extreme, but <laughs> <laughs> nobody I can't makes really, anything. I can't really take that that far, but but you know it, it is it is all about being able to 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 use the tools for what they're used for, but not not rely on them 
as a whole. And that's why it kind of goes into our whole talk about like, don't just follow tutorials and learn how to do that particular thing. Right. You know, learn why you're doing what you're doing and not just what buttons to push. Um, and, and yeah, it is, it's all about adaptability. And I know and, you for a long time worked completely like in Lightwave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I learned 3D in Lightwave just because that was what was available to me. The first place I worked, that's, they had, you know, Lightwave licenses. And so I learned it all, you know, that way. And I mean, it, it was, it took a lot of time to understand that software. And, and in 3D, actually, it, it may be a little more like, in a lot of software, you can you can kind of switch between a little more fluidly. In 3D, it's a little more difficult. At least it was between like Lightwave and what I'm doing now, which is Cinema 4D, because I don't know, Lightwave was just a completely different mindset. So switching to Cinema 4D was it was kind of a big leap. But um, but man, I'm so much. I'm, I mean, I'm so glad I did. It's I look back and I would have made that decision a hundred times. You know. Um, but I know it, at the time it was a little daunting because it was like, man, do I want to learn an entire new software package, you know, while I'm doing projects? I've got things to yeah. do. And, um, but it was just, you know, a necessary step. I, I'm not a resolutions kind of guy, but I got to thinking about it last week because it's every, everybody's talking about it. It's on every, you know, it's on Facebook and Twitter and, and in just in conversations in general. And um, so I, I, you know, I set out to kind of, and it's on all of my feeds. Like I'm flipping through Flipboard and I'm seeing like, all these different things, you know, and, and uh, I ran across a couple of articles and that kind of, you know, went along the lines of what does a resolution mean? Uh, and also kind of, you know, don't set yourself up for, you're basically setting yourself up for failure unless you're ready to tackle it. And, and one of the things that, um, that I took from that was, you know, you can set a resolution and all of us can do it and be excited and geared up and we're going to do this or do that. We're going to you know, we're going to run or we're going to lose weight, whatever we're going to do. But like 30, 30 days down the road or, or less, or, you know, we're going to be tired and we're going to be put out and we're done. We're done for the year. And um, I think that one of the keys to, to actually making that happen is just like anything else is, is building in failure, knowing that you're going to fail and to, to keep that as like part of the whole recipe of your your resolution, knowing you're going to screw up and you're going to fail, but then getting up and pushing yourself forward. Because what really makes you continue to push on those things is building up your your will, your you know what pushes you, what's your drive, and uh, your resilience to those things. And I read a really great article on one of my favorite websites, um, artofmanliness.com, and uh, it talks about will basically, uh, not Will Smith. But mm -hmm. um, but uh, Shakespeare, good, yeah. But uh, the actual your actual will, the history of of, uh, of will, importance of it, and um, you know, understanding and what it means. Uh, really good article. I would I would suggest um, everybody. And it's actually a part of a series or kicking off right now. But that and, and just I think for me, it's I definitely have goals that um, personal goals and professional goals, and I want to tackle for the year. Um, but realizing those things going in, it's like, okay, you know, I can make these as part of, I know I'm going to fail somewhere. And I think you brought up something about failing forward yeah. as that kind of same idea. Yeah. I, I've, I've always liked the idea of failing forward. Brian and I, uh, both worked at Life Church under Greg Rochelle and Craig always talked about that idea as well. But I think that, you know, especially when we were talking, when we look back at last year, there were several projects that we got involved on 
that we failed in many areas. Um, now, luckily, we don't fail with clients because that's important. You'll be out of business if you do that. Right. But as far as our processes, um, you know, one most notably, we went on a huge shoot that we spent a lot of money and we flew a lot of people in and yeah. we uh, shot for a very long time only to a couple of weeks later decide to scrap all of it because it wasn't the right direction and it wasn't going to give our client what the client wanted and it didn't live up to the excellent standard that we have. Yeah. And for a lot of people that would be a failure for a lot of people that would be a very soul crushing failure that might make them stop shooting in general because that was painful. Um, but for us, uh, I feel like we always want to fail forward and so we have this expectation, like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to swing as hard as we can every time. And we know we're going to strike out a few times, um, but we're going to keep swinging and we're going to make sure that when we do fail, we're better for it, that we've moved forward, that we've learned something that we didn't know before, or that we figured out a process that we didn't have before. And, you know, in that instance where that shoot as we look at it financially or as we look at it for our time for the year, that was a failure, but it led to what will be a much better product. Um, and, and I think that that's important uh, because so many people, they try something and it doesn't work and then they give up. Yeah, or worse, like I, this is what was so surprising to me and I, what I love about you guys <laughs> in general is just that oh, I, I've too, seen so... <laughs> Thanks, Brian. I've, uh, Thanks, I've seen so many people who would get to that point and just keep pushing and go, no, we can't. We can't accept that failure. We can't do it. And so they'll put out a, an inferior product and they'll say, no, we're going to use this. We're going to make it work somehow. And then the whole project fails as, a, as opposed to just looking at this smaller failure and saying, okay, we can make something better out of this. And I, I just, I kind of refer to it as our Jaws moment a little bit. You know? <laughs> like the yeah. whole story behind the production of Jaws where everything was flopping, the, every, you know, nothing was working. The shark didn't look right and it wasn't working in the water. And so they had to hit a point where they could have said, okay, we're going to make this happen and we're going to keep going because our pride is at stake. Or we can look at this realistically and say, okay, what can we do to change? What can we fix right now? Uh, and they made decisions to, you know, change the script, cut the shark out of the shots. And now the film is, you know, heralded as one of the best horror films because you don't show the shark. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's one of those serendipitous things that's just, if you aren't able to kind of look at things harshly and go what is like forget my pride forget what people are going to think what is the best decision to make at this point um then you're not going to be in the position to make those kind of you know breaks yeah and and too you know how the the back side of that too or another part of that is then communicating that to the client right. that hey we've hit a, a snag and i think all that plays into stepping back and and from the get-go your relationship with the client before the project starts or when it starts. Laying everything out, making sure that the lines of communication are open and that there is a understanding between the two of you that you're creating something they, for them and you're gonna do whatever it takes to make it the best it can possibly be. Yeah. And then communicating that. And I think that, you know, thankfully, in this case, the client was very gracious understood it, saw it, and was like, yes, let's, yeah. let's do shift well, gears. And I, I think it's an understanding, too, that your client is not contracting with you to create a product. They're, they're engaged in a process. 
And so yeah. in this process, we're going to give you exactly what you want, but this isn't like a, you know, pay us on Amazon and we'll give you a video. Right. This is going to be a process. And just like any process, you know, um, the, you know, the Packers right now are one of the best teams in the NFL, but it doesn't mean that sometimes they don't fumble or have interceptions. Right. Um, and it doesn't mean they shut out everybody every game. And it doesn't mean that sometimes they lose the game. Um, and for us, you know, we've set a standard where we're going, we're going to give our clients the best possible, um, product at the end of the day, for lack of a better term, whether that's a website or that's a t-shirt design or it's a video. Um, but the process to get there, sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's very cut and dry and it's like, I know exactly what, what you're asking for and this is how we shoot it. We had a shoot like that over the summer where it was this long curriculum piece, but we knew exactly what they wanted. We showed up, we shot the thing in a day, cut it, sent it back out and it, there was no hitches. And then every once in a while you get something that you think is pretty easy and you just find out that, man, you know, we thought that going down this direction with this music and this look and this tone was the right thing. But now that we're looking at it, this is the wrong tone for this piece. And I think that we need to make some major changes. And I think that addressing those things early, that's another big thing that kind of came out last year. And even with the instance we're talking about with the shoot, man, if you know something was a miss, you've got to address that right out the gate because we could easily be sitting here right now uh, and just say, well, let's, let's sleep on it. Let's go through Christmas break and figure it out or whatever. And we would have lost six weeks yeah. that, that mm-hmm. we'll never get back. As we look back at the last year, those are some things that have really popped up um, that we're taking a look at. And I think it's good whether you're just a freelancer or you're working at a church or you own a small company, whatever it is, take some time. The beginning of the year is a great time to do it. It's probably good to do it every quarter or every month or something. But take a look at your process. Take a look at kind of what you've gone through in in the last year and learn some things. If you just keep your head down, your process will never get any better. So those are a few things we learned. Love to hear some of what you learned. Hit us up, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. If Clint's still on Facebook, I don't know. I'm still on Facebook. He might quit during this break. I'm not sure. (laughs) But if he quits, he'll be back on in a couple days anyway, so that's true. it's time for the first so hot right now of 2012 you know what we do we decide to scour the world and come up with the hottest of the hot and yes we know so hot right now is is cheesy that's why we do it so hot right now Mm, just in case you needed a reminder so clint you've been telling us about some adventures that you've been on (laughs) you you even referenced it earlier yes i did i made up a term i made up a term because foreshadowing we had we had um a good break and one of the things about the break was actually my wife and I we celebrated our our, our ninth year anniversary because we were married on December 21st mm, nice thank you and um, which by the way is this year is the, the end of the world oh, the end of the world that's beautiful if, according to the Mayans 
Yeah. Of course, on that note, if the Mayans were so good at predicting the future, wouldn't there still be Mayans around? You would think so. I mean, come on. Although either civilization <laughs> did last like a hundred times longer than the United States has been around. So they were pretty decent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's probably some faulty logic, but you know, yeah. something took them down. <laughs> okay. We win. We're still alive. Yeah. How smart are they? They're yeah. in. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so, so with that, we had a good two weeks where. My kids actually wanted to stay with my grand, my parents, and uh, and they actually went between my grandparents or my wife's grandparents and my parents' place. And so my wife and I had about oh, a week, week and a half, where it was just us, and uh, which is weird because we haven't had that in a long time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like you have two kids. It's like especially since we moved up here, we're not as close to home anymore, and so to find a babysitter. Anyway, whatever. Uh, we ventured out and just. We just wanted to explore Oklahoma City a little more. Um, we've been living in Edmonds, and we haven't been to like Walmart yet. And Target. Right, right. You yeah, know, I just, we've I got just, some good stores. I just hit up Target and Chick Fil A and Starbucks, yeah. and then Have I go been home. To the mall? I found the mall. Yeah, yeah it's cool. It, yeah, it's cool. There's like a lot of stores in there, and a food court. There's a Foot Locker. Yeah. Champs. Yeah. Dillard's. And a, and they have a, a the movie theater. Yeah, there's a movie theater. But, yeah. There's an Auntie Anne's. Neat. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I'm writing a little insider's guide to Oklahoma City. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, restaurant sections. We decided Chili's. we just once we once we once we knocked out the mall. Okay. Sure. We we was like let's let's do something adventurous. Let's get out of the mall and let's go find some other types of stores. Mm. And so we hit up the, the less than legal types of stores. No. Oh. We hit up the antique circuit. Wow. There's an antique circuit here in uh, a, in Oklahoma City. What, like an actual circuit? Yeah, is it like a real circuit? Yeah. It's a whole... It's a whole like, like you have to prove yourself to get into it? Like, well, is it no. like a fun run? <laughs> no, it's... What are you talking about? Well, it, anyway, it's a trail. Let's call it a trail. <laughs> is it a trail? Yeah, there's a trail. For I mean, real? Yeah, an antique trail. Did you make this trail? Or is it like, can nope. you get a map at each store? To... Two men enter, one man leave. It's a big thing. Anyway... <laughs> This so, is a whole world I've It's kind of like of. Zelda. I visited this guy in this <laughs> shop, and he gave me a map. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, okay. And actually, It's it, like Skyrim. It is like Skyrim. Yeah. Everything's like Skyrim. Oh, man, it all comes back to Skyrim. Skyrim bleeds into life. Okay, so we went to this one antique store, and then this lady gave us a map. And she gave us a map of all the antique stores, and she circled all the best really? ones. So they really do have them? Yeah. You're not making this no. up? No! It's for real. I'll show you the map. If I show up, can I say, like, I... I, uh, I want the map. Yeah. No, you just, I want the map. You have to ask for uh, something specific. And she'll like give you cookies. She had cookies. <laughs> it's true. Anyway. <laughs> so my wife and I hit up, in two days, we hit up 14 antique stores. Wow. And I found You're a lot of work. I found a lot of cool stuff, a lot of manly stuff. And as I'm trekking through all this stuff, I'm like, man, this is cool. This is like man-teaking. Mm, trademarked. Man-teaking. Hashtag man it. It's on Instagram. So, you There'll know. probably be a website. Dudes, if you're out there and you find some antiques. Are there rules? Are you going to, like, have a code to man-teaking? I don't know, man. To each his own. But, you know, I found a battle axe that's definitely a man-teak. Wow. I found... Uh, so, is, um, is man-teak, is, is man like, is this a bird? Is this an action you take? Or is a man like, look at this. It's a musket. This is a man Yes. It's both. Okay. Okay. So, you can go man Yes. And you can find man Right. Okay. Perfect. I'm excited about this. I am, too. So, what qualifies as a man Man, that's a good question. It's an early thing right now. I mean, this is early stages. Dude, you know what you should do? Set up a Mantique website. It's already on Tumblr. I already made it. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then each week, we should show a picture of like the Mantique that we found. Yes, exactly. Because you've got your battle axe right off the bat. I found a battle axe. I found um, I found some really cool old knives. I found some cool old like Boy Scout books. Some oh man, those the covers for like popular science from back in the day. I mean, all that kind of stuff is really great. I kind of want to go mantique. I now. found a set of pipes that I was telling you about earlier. Some uh, smoke, you know, mm-hmm. tobacco pipes that were bound in leather. Wow. I mean, just really great stuff. Definite mantiques there. Yeah. And so that's what's hot right now. I'm on this. I'm, I've got the fever. I'm probably going to hit up some antique so stores to, to after the podcast. To be a mantique, podcast. though, like, does it have to be, I mean, because a lot of people go, like, to record shops and buy old records yeah. and stuff. Does that really qualify? Like, if, if Brian comes back with, like, an old Kenny Rogers album, is That's that a, a Mantique? I think so. Really? I think yeah. so. This is a pretty loose term. <laughs> if I find an NES, is that a Mantique? I don't know. Maybe. Well, what defines if it's an digital, antique? can it be a Mantique? I don't know what defines an Antique. I don't know what the year gap is for something to be an Antique. Like, is a Nintendo NES an Antique? Because if it is, we're Antiques, you and so I. So is there a difference that. between, like, Mantiques and Man Vintage? Mintage, Min- vintage. Uh, well, that's just instance, that's trying too hard. Let's just go ha- with Mantiki. I think it would have had to have been manly at the time it was popular, right? Like so, mm. an NES wouldn't necessarily qualify because that was when we were kids. Thinking, that's like, a good thought. Mantid. That's a good thought. But if it was manly when it was like a so, it's got to be something that was intended for people over the age of what, like twenty-four, maybe. What? Yeah, I don't know what 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 because it has that. to have two things. It's got to be an antique and it's got to be manly. Yeah. Hmm. Yet, yet to discover. I think um, I think we have some like we a have pre-Victorian re- beard. Comb. I think we have some research to do. We do. I need to take some uh, some viewer opinions. I'm really uh, glad viewer, that we put this out watching. all over the world before we have solidified what we. <laughs> hey man, someone's gonna take Mantique and run with it. Listen, listen. It's have our- you made sure it's not out there already? What if we're in like what if we're infringing on someone else's thing? So what, man? <laughs> That's just how you roll in the already, Mantique world. I already got the tumbler. Already got the tumbler. Next thing so. you know, this there's gonna be a discovery. A channel show with Clint Mantiquing. It's, it's probably like a. Something. Have you watched Storage Wars? Yes. Is it kind of like that? Where you, well, obviously it's not like a blind auction, but you're just hoping to find treasure. I would love to do that though. To oh, buy storage lockers. Yeah. I've heard that like a lot of people used to do that. As kind of just their side thing, but since that show's hit, the prices have skyrocketed because yeah. there's so many people at all those lockers. Yeah. Kind of like a good card thing. Plus, Dave's brother owns a uh, storage locker. Up in oh, yeah. uh, Olympia, Washington. Yeah, and we were talking to him about it, and he said, "Yeah, I've auctioned stuff. There's never anything in them ever." Wow. So huh. I don't know. I feel like. Well, I'm there you to. go, man. Taking that's what's so hot right now for me. Nice. I love it. I'm gonna also do a process for my so hot right now. Okay. Uh, Rachel, my wife, and I have started making sushi, mm. and in our household right now, sushi making is so hot right now. Uh, it smells like sushi making. It does smell <laughs> like sushi making. Well, so that's one of the things I've learned, kind of going along the process, is that, you know, it's very important to get your sticky short grain rice. Well, you have to to make sushi, but then you have to make a, like a, a vinegar coating, and it uses rice vinegar, mm. and you put that on there, and that's what kind of makes it glisten and gives a little bit of that taste. But uh, we were just talking about how, you know, you go to these sushi restaurants, and you, you pay like 12, 14 bucks for like these big rolls, and there's this mystery about how it's made, and um, and then all of a sudden you make them, and you realize this is the easiest food in the world. The reason this was popular is because it's cheap and really easy to do. Yeah, the tools to do it are really easy. Uh, the really important thing is just finding good fish, which I found in town. 
sushi grade fish that gets flown in every day. I had a good fish the other day in Skyrim. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Did you steal it from a hunter? <laughs> it is about the only time I do eat sushi. But Brian doesn't. Brian, you don't <laughs> like sushi, right? No, not so much. I mean, you know, we we've had some good sushi. You before. don't. We you don't like fish in general, though. Right. That's the deal. I mean, it's and I don't. Um, I mean, I'll eat it. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate it, but I mean, like we, I just don't enjoy it like most people do. And uh, but you know, like we've had some good stuff. We went up to. Uh, where were we up in? What Dave took us up. Walking fire. Yeah. Mm. Walking fire was some good stuff. Um, so you, you know, were I, there. I had some good sushi. You don't remember that? Oh, that was good. Then we went over to. Uh, yeah, we killed some sushi that night. Mm-hmm. We went over to Sammy's bike shop. Yep. Oh, those were good times. Good times. We need to get ourselves. It's a good mandate. Well, we started. We started. <laughs> I, I, you can't just attach man to everything. <laughs> Should have thrown in some man This is a man. good man cast. <laughs> it is, man. I need a good. I'm drinking my man sprite right now. I'm my talking man, on my man phone. Yeah, my man phone and my man pad. <laughs> Wait, man pad doesn't work. That's let's not. not yeah. Okay, let's see. We're done. <laughs> Type of notes on my man pad. But, we, so, but the thing with sushi, Brian, is that I've decided that you can roll up anything in sticky rice and drop it in soy sauce and wasabi and it tastes awesome. I don't even like cucumbers, but I can just put a cucumber in a sushi roll and man, mm. it's awesome. I do like that idea. Like, you know, just do some chicken sushi yeah. or something. Chicken nuggets like sushi. That. Except you wouldn't want, you know, raw <laughs> chicken nuggets. <laughs> He'll have, I got chicken nuggets. <laughs> Clint will have, baked beans. Clint will have and, a TV uh, show on mantiquing and you'll have a TV show making like <laughs> sushi with McDonald's chicken McNuggets with french fries in there. That actually, you guys down to try some chicken McNugget french fry sushi? Because we got not. time after the show. Brian, what's what's so hot right now in your world? Well, I had a couple, and I didn't know which one to pick. Um, I'll just go ahead and tell you. I thought about going with the Saints. I was really close. Yeah. Um, but because I'm Great not, this year. Man, I, I think I the mean, Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. See, I'm glad you say that. I, I would Clint disagree. disagree. I like disagree. You're just uh, like... <sighs> but listen, I'm not a big NFL follower guy. You're a Cowboys fan. What? I thought you were. A Cowboys? Dallas Cowboys? Yeah. You're insane. You look like oh, a Cowboys fan to me. I look like a Cowboys fan. You do? No, I'm not. If I saw you walking down the street, I would peg you That's as a Cowboys, Cowboys fan. That's a Cowboys fan right there. <laughs> no, I'm not. All right. Uh-uh. Green awesome. Bay Packers fan. It's good to know. Just like, oh, so oh, is it, was it like a not rule a, that everyone working at Triple X Church had to like the Packers? No, uh-uh. I was, I've been a Packers fan since I was in high school. It seems like everyone collect, everyone in that whole fireproof ministry circle is a Packers fan. Really? Yeah. yeah. See, I can, cool. I can respect the Packers thing. I mean, my, my, actually, my grandfather lived in Wisconsin. So okay. bleeds green. My uh, dad the pack. was then therefore a Packers fan. So I kind of so they're like my number two, Yours. I guess. But okay, I get your it. grandfather lived in but, Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, Does he have a place man. up there? Wisconsin's no, pretty. They used to, oh yes. man. Apparently, I just found out they had like this perfect little spot on a river in Wisconsin, the most beautiful land, like just exquisite land. And they he sold it to his sister, thinking she would keep it in the family, and then she sold it out. And now I don't have access. Probably to for like a pack of cheese, right. man. Yeah. So. Anyway, um, wow, a pack of cheese. But so back to the same. I was <laughs> going to go said there. that. <laughs> I'm a walking, talking Cowboys fan, <laughs> and apparently, someone in your family. We didn't offend enough people last cheese heads. time. <laughs> Did you hear back from your British friends? <laughs> no. Okay. Ah oh, man. They might have turned it off. Yeah. They've... After I insulted them for the fourth time. <laughs> Edit. So. <laughs> so even okay. 
back to the Saints, though. I mean, they're having this amazing year, setting all these records. Still, somehow, they're only third in their division. But they're, I mean, you know, ridiculous amount of records. Drew Brees is setting records. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Graham set records for most tight end yards. The whole offense is setting offensive yardage records. Yep. Um, they're going to so win this. They're hot right now for sure. Yeah, they're um, right. Hot. I was just down in Baton Rouge, and everybody's Saints crazy. Really? Oh, More yeah, LSU yeah, crazy, but definitely Saints yeah, crazy. Saying. But even still, when I, the one I picked uh, instead was the uh, the Prometheus trailer. Mm. Man, we had we had a couple of great trailers come out since we've since we've uh, been together. Seriously, they all dropped yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Man, no doubt. Hobbit, Dark Knight, or not the Dark Knight, but the uh, what's it called now? The, the Batman thing. Yeah. That one. <laughs> <laughs> It rises or something, right? Yeah. And then the, uh, but then Prometheus. And the reason, the reason I went with Prometheus is because more than any other trailer, it just, it, it seems so unique in that it seemed so nostalgic. Like the trailer feels like a trailer from the 80s. Yeah. And it feels, you know, it's, if you don't know, Prometheus is like kind of sort of a, a, a prequel to the alien. Yeah. It's not, although they've said basically <clears throat> it's in the same world, but it's not a direct prequel. Like it's not going to be like, you know, what's her name? Huh. Sigourney Weaver is a kid. Oh, really? Or but, um, but it's what's great about it is I mean it's Damon Damon Lindelof who uh, is one of the writers of Lost one of the writers of the Star Trek movie who is I'm he the guy that's teaming up with of. Rob Bell? Yes, no, he it's is? the other Lindelof? guy. Oh, it's not Lindelof. He's the guy who looks like Rob Bell. It's the other guy. <laughs> the other guy from Carl Lost Hughes? is teaming up with Rob yes. Bell. Yes, really? Yes. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yep, you heard it here first. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, um, Brian did. You probably <laughs> already knew. <laughs> but man, if you've seen the trailer, if you haven't seen it, go look at it. But it just looks like something that came out of the eighties. It looks like Alien. It looks like uh, Blade Runner. I mean, it's it good. just looks incredible. But it still looks updated. It's got just the right balance of like CGI, but old practical stuff. Um, not too glossy. It just it, man, it excites. It me. does look pretty awesome. It's exciting. When's it? When's that coming out? Two thousand twelve. Good question. Um, it's gotta it's be. A summer. They, it's a summer movie, I think. Twenty twelve is gonna be a crazy movie year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we watched the Hobbit trailer, and then the next thing, you know, the wife and I are watching all the trilogies in order. Doesn't Hobbit not come out till it's December? December. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, so it's this year. The first part, and I mean John Carter, that's a must see. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Nick really thinks John Connor's gonna be the, a winner. This John year. Connor is sure. a winner, but I don't know sure. about John Carter. Did I say Connor? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, here's the thing. I, I, all I was Connor. saying was, first, <laughs> let me preface it with this. The trailer that got me excited was not the one that I showed you <laughs> okay. because it had a lot of weird... That almost looked like Star Wars more. But yeah. I was intrigued by the fact that, number one, it's Disney. And I was saying, what is Disney screwed up? But then you guys said Prince of Persia, which I haven't seen, so I don't know, yeah. actually, it, how bad it was. And a couple other things, but yeah, yeah. Which that movie just looked a lot. That trailer looked like a Prince of Persia. It, yeah, it did. Yeah. But, well, and that's the thing. The first time I saw the, the trailer, it was a teaser. And it was from, like, the summer. And I thought, huh, this is like a Prince of Persia movie. But there was a lot of cool stuff going on. There was aliens and spaceships and all kinds of stuff. And that's what made me just think, I've never heard of this story. Is this, is this a book? Or is this just a screenplay that's been written? Yeah. I'm always intrigued when somebody comes up with just a new, weird sci-fi story because sometimes that's where you get the yeah. awesome stuff. Like right. that's where you get Star Halo. Wars or Definitely give you that. Aliens. Yeah. Was Halo. Aliens a book before? Oh, I don't think so. Halo, right? Yeah. I mean Halo. Come on. It's a game. Hello. 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 I don't know. If anybody knows anything about John Carter though, let me know. <laughs> Nick's dying to know. <laughs> well well, because right now it looks like it looks like uh Avatar meets Star Wars meets Gladiator. 
For meets. some reason, I get a bit of a season of the witch vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a bit of gleaming of the cube thrown in. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe just a smidge of labyrinth. <laughs> But just a smidge in there. It does kind of feel like that. It feels like all like the Disney team sat down and they were like, "All right, two pinches of Avatar, three pinches yeah. of Star Wars." The one Wars. guy looks like the Avatar dude. Four pinches of the Matrix. He's like blue and cat-like. A pound of Gladiator. <laughs> Give us some Fifth Element in there a little bit. Here's oh, all I'll say though. When I saw when I saw the initial stuff for Avatar, my first thought was, "This is Cats meets Alien." This is going to be horrible. Yeah. And I didn't love it as much as other people, but I thought it was good. Yeah. Of course, now they're making Avatar 2, right? Yeah. Or something. And Titanic 3D. Mm. You know I'm there on that because it's going to be so epic on that scene where Leonardo is man. on the front of the ship. Know, He's going to be out over the crowd. Man. That song's going to kick in. People are going to start crying. Dude. It's so heavy. Uh, what if there was a Titanic video game? Would you play it? I have. Really? No. Oh. But I, I would. Rabbit Trail, I saw Tintin. That was pretty good. Oh, you saw see, Tintin? I really want to yeah. see Tintin. Was I it liked good? it. Yeah, my boy and I saw it. It was good. Hmm. It was a little long, I thought. You mean your boy like your close friend from the hood? My or son. Like your real boy? My son. Yeah, my boy. <laughs> my boy KD. Me and my boy. Me and KD. <laughs> that's awesome. I saw KD over New Year's Eve. Once you did? Thunder game. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's not like seeing KD. I, I saw him. Oh, at a Thunder game. He was yeah. on the court. Like, okay, you're at a game. He dunked. Awesome. That's like saying, dude, I saw a tiger. Where? At the zoo. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's not like abnormal. That's not really newsworthy. <laughs> you paid to go see him. It was good. Thanks to Grant, I had tickets. Has it, have you seen Hugo? No. Mm, that one I want to see. I, yeah, I'm dying to see Hugo. I've heard it's awesome. But I, I, thought, see, of, I thought I might actually see Tintin just because it might be more uh, appealing to my son. So you think that... I mean, yes. like, to your boys? Yeah, mine's only four... <laughs> My boy's like, um, you know, my son's just now four or five, so yeah. he's about to turn five. So. It was good. I, um, it was like, you know how um, Polar Express was like, had that kind of realistic animation mm. look to it? Yeah, creepy. It's that, but better. <laughs> it's better. Like it's, it's So like more creepy? More creepy. Awesome. It's, it, it's, it really looks awesome. Do you and like that creepy kind of... I don't like the Polar Express. What's that called? There's, there's a term for that when CG gets so realistic fun, that yeah. it's creepy. Yeah, I, know, I don't know the term, but did I know, you like, like Beowulf? Like Shrek. I loved Beowulf. That's what so I, was, did I. I was about to say. That man. I didn't I, see Beowulf. Beowulf. Oh, it's amazing! I had never seen Beowulf, Dude. and it was on TV uh, like three months ago, and I watched the whole thing and thought it was yeah. awesome. That was one of the first Blu-rays I bought. It's like Skyrim, right? Incredible. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. That, we use Skyrim say. for any medieval fantasy. Dude, I was man-taking, and I found a record cover <laughs> of Molly Hatchet. Molly Hatchet. <laughs> and I was like, that guy is in Skyrim. I ran yeah. into him last week. <laughs> Skyrim is everywhere. That's Bryn Brolf Shattershield. <laughs> exactly. I know that guy. He's everywhere. a friend. Man, seriously, I can't not think about it. It's like something comes up. I found a battle axe when I was man-taking. Yep. Skyrim. You know what I thought? I was eating bread the other day. A loaf looked like... And my son brought up... I brought up wine. <laughs> oh, my son's been watching me play a little bit. And he's like, Dad, uh, do they have Alto wine here? We're at the... Oh my, <laughs> my son knows what's going on in Skyrim. He knows, he knows the drinks. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I, I, I like bread doesn't remind right, me of exactly Skyrim. Like, that might be a little bit you might need to get that <laughs> no, checked out. Seriously, dude. But, like when the Lord of the Rings came out and they had the Lambus bread in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like that I would see bread and think of Lambus bread. Wow. 
Like it consumed my life. And that's what's happening right now with me in Skyrim, and I think I need an intervention. I think that might be true. <laughs> so next week will be Clint's intervention. <laughs> they also have trees and, and Hey rocks. guys, I got a yeah. tattoo! <laughs> I saw the sky, I saw the sun come up, and it reminded me of Skyrim. I saw blades of grass, and it reminded me. Of course, you saw a guy at your show the other day with oh, a jacket yeah. that you yeah. like, oh. see. It's well, that, that's true. The guy with the big brown, like velvety coat, and the first thing I thought was, I think I have one like that in Skyrim, <laughs> which is not a compliment to that guy. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, it's everywhere. <laughs> I well, now I saw an antique lamp uh, at like one of Rachel's grandparents' house or something, and it made me think of Skyrim because it looked like an old mace, yeah, like the way it was kind of like yeah. angled and stuff. So I understand. But they, they do have food in real life, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. so. Well, what I saw was like a loaf, kind of like what you would see in, 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 in Skyrim. Not like a loaf of bread, like from United, <laughs> like where it's all Wonder sliced bread. up, like Wonder Bread, but like the actual. From United? Sorry, you guys don't have Uniteds. What's United? I swear, so it's like I'm Canadian or something. Sorry, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I feel like we're Robin on, on How You're I Met Your Mother. You're though, yeah. I know, but United is like a store, a chain of, of grocery stores in southwest Oklahoma. And that's where I would get in bread. Southwest Oklahoma. Yeah, I've seen them in my travels. You might have seen it. They might have. No, they don't. They don't come over. United. This United supermarkets. They they date back to the early 1900s. Wow. And they there's like a chain of them in, in Southwest Oklahoma, and that's where we would get groceries. So, mm. back to what I was saying. <laughs> back to the issue at hand. Wow, man, I am so Canadian. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, I saw a loaf of bread, like a baked, like a baked bread, you know, that looked like a bakery style, and I thought, man, like real I, bread. if I pick that up, can I handle it? Like, do I am I carrying too much stuff? <laughs> no, I do think I was talking to my dad because my dad's been playing. He actually just put a print oh. of his character up on Studio Six. Is it Studio Six? So yeah, dude, uh, you should check it out because he. I want your dad to draw me. I'm telling you what my dad should do. <laughs> draw this, me. This sounds awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Draw me, well, that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little he creepy. should draw me. He should allow people to like take a screenshot of their Skyrim character and send this. it to him, and my dad could draw their Skyrim character. That's a I found this battle axe at an antique store. <laughs> I want you to draw. Show me with the battle axe. Show me only with the battle axe. <laughs> <laughs> He's just while you're antiquing, find all your antiquing stuff, dress up, and send it to my dad. Holding a Molly Hatchet record. Yes. <laughs> But I forgot what. I, oh, but I was talking to my dad because we were at my grandparents' house, and my my grandma had a shelf with a bunch of random stuff on it, like vases and apples and stuff, and it looked like Skyrim. And I was telling him, you know, you've been playing too long when you're looking at that and you're thinking, what would I take here? You know what my biggest problem is in, in Skyrim right now is that I I am a hoarder and I want to carry all of this stuff with me. Same here. And it's a good thing that I have Lydia with me because I'm like, Lydia, can you handle this? Can you handle this? Do you keep your house in order or do you just throw I don't, it all over? It's yeah, it's just kind of like blah. And so I have all of this stuff. And we I, need an intervention for that, too. And I just, I, it's exactly, not healthy. Man. It's, man. Well, thanks I mean, for joining us for the Skyrim show. I need to go mantiquing in Skyrim. That's what I need to do. Yeah. At an ancient Nord Borax. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a few of those. I do. I, I have the whole armor set. It's, I think it's the best. That's neither here nor there. Uh, ultimate uh, okay. One of our goals should be to have one show without Skyrim. No, it won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> by the end of the, I'm just predicting by the end of this year, our company name will change to Skyrim Productions, <laughs> and this show will be only Skyrim. Oh goodness! Wow, I wonder what it's like to listen to this show if you have no concept yeah, of Skyrim. 
Why are you still listening? <laughs> you you know how this show works. We we try hard for the first five minutes to get you hooked. Then we talk about a bunch of of shop talk for about twenty minutes, and we see if you make it through there. And if you get to this point, we just figure you're in for the long haul anyway. Yep, that's right. You're probably at this point. You're most likely on the phone and have turned the volume down. Or you're one of our moms. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That Brian makes listen to the show. Oh, man. All right. Well, anyway, thanks for joining us this week on the Prolific Cast. And uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at Prolific. Friend us on Facebook and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast service. We'll be back better than ever next week. Till then, happy adventuring. Don't get an arrow in the knee and be prolific.